Welcome to Locked on Grizzlies podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mark King. For this show, the Grizzlies had a, I guess, exciting, I don't know, it was a long, drawn-out, ended up being a loss last night against the Kings, 129-125. We're going to talk about that loss on today's show. We're going to talk about the idea of starting Brandon Clark, getting a better uh, run-and-gun type of athletic lineup in the starting lineup. And we're also going to talk about the Grizzlies taking on the Lakers tonight on Friday night on a back-to-back as well. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on Grizzlies. Pull up, jump shot. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show again, talking to the Grizzlies' loss last night. The Grizzlies just, you know, it was a game where you just got down. You you can't, you cannot get down 18 points to a game, to any team in the NBA. Literally to any team, I don't care how bad they are, and you just cannot get down 18 points to a team in the NBA and expect to come back. And if you do come back... It's going to be difficult, and when you finally get there, it just takes so much effort to get back into a a game in a situation where uh, you you got to get there, and then it takes even more effort to get over that hump, and it takes even more effort to get you know get a lead. And so it, it it's really what you saw last night. You know, the starters from the Grizzlies just weren't really really that great outside of Jaron Jackson Jr. And um, you know, John Morant is just uh, he was I would say he wasn't good. He still ended up with 19 points a couple assists, but he turned it on just a little too late. Now, he was just not great last night. He was um, got really outplayed by he got really outplayed by De'Aaron Fox. Uh, John Morant has not boded well against De'Aaron Fox all season this year, and so every time they match up, and I, I we've talked about a little a little bit about this on a previous show against the you know Grizzlies Kings matchup, and it's just simple that. De'Aaron Fox is like staring in the mirror for John Morant. He's just so good in terms of how fast he is, how good he is with the ball. So, you know, it's a little bit a lot. It's a lot of staring John Morant in the mirror. And so De'Aaron Fox has done really, really good job just containing John Morant throughout the year, has played him extremely well. I mean, I would say probably one of the better I would say probably one of the better players that's played John Morant all year in terms of De'Aaron Fox. And I know that I said that last night on Twitter and Keith, our good buddy from Fast Break Breakfast, pointed out that Drew Holiday beat him up pretty well, uh, as well as Ben Simmons. And that's true. I mean, he he didn't play well against those guys at all either. However, he he just he's not played well against De'Aaron Fox all year long. And so he's just kind of had his number. And same thing last night. He just he didn't play well, and he ended up again. He ended up with 19 points. A lot of those points came in the fourth quarter, but it just was a little too late. I mean, he got there, and he was, you know, he was good in the end. But even then, he still had some rookie mistakes. He tried to uh, miss a second of a free throw because they were down three late uh, because the Kings did everything they could to 
to give this game away. They they literally tried everything, and the Grizzlies just couldn't get there. Um, and John Morant just had a rookie mistake, and that's that's what we'll you know, end up doing for you at the end of the game. Even when they had an opportunity to be there, he still had this. You know, he tried to throw it off the backboard. You can't enter the lane until it hits the rim, and so. It's just mental mistakes. Same thing. Jaron Jackson Jr. had an offensive foul late, a, uh, a a charge that wasn't very, you know, was just kind of wasn't smart, you know. And it's just it's just little things. Again, I, I blame John Rant more than I blame Jaron Jackson Jr. on that on that um, offensive foul, that that uh, illegal screen, because Jaron or John has to know that Jaron has to get set first. You can't go that quick around a screen. Jaron has to get set first. Or else he's always he's always going to be moving because he's going to be moving to try to get into a screening position. So that's a little more on John Morant as the point guard it is than it is on the screener because you got to let your guy get set to to before you move. I mean, there's always going to be movement in those screens up top. Like it it happens in almost every possession, but you got to be able to know when there's their limits where you 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 got to know and feel the game a little bit better in terms of the, that that screen. So. That's more on John Morant than it is on Jaron Jackson Jr. That illegal screen. So you just had some uh, rookie mistakes, and and you know like those are going to happen. Uh, those were always going to happen throughout the year, and I promise you, uh, you know he won't ever enter the lane early again because he'll remember those type of things. So uh, John Morant's not a guy that's going to commit more than one mistake over and over again. He's just not that type of guy, and so he just you know he just didn't have enough of what the grizzlies needed and just not enough of it late he or she's not enough of it early he had he had it there late in the game but it just just wasn't there when they needed it in the second quarter the first quarter again even john rent you know like being what he was you just defensively you can't get down 18 points i mean the grizzlies let harrison barnes shoot what let, let me see what he he shot 7 for 11 from 3 and there was a point where he was 7 for 7 i mean you can't let harrison barnes shoot 100% from 3 and when you got a guy that shot even 4 from 4 from 3 if you're Jonas Valančiūnas you have to like not stand right in front of the rim like not be right in front of the rim because that's just that doesn't work and so the grizzlies they they kudos to the taylor jenkins once the lineup of uh, Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr., Tyus Jones, uh, DeAnthony Milton, and Josh Jackson got them back in the game. That lineup is what got them in the game and cut the lead to the fourth quarter where they had a chance. That lineup got them there. He didn't go back to Jonas Valanciunas, so kudos to Taylor Jenkins. I didn't think I, I tweeted on it like you cannot go back to Jonas Valanciunas. You cannot go back big because they are just constantly killing you as a big. I mean, he he cannot step out at all. I mean, even even a little bit he were, I don't know whether it's again it seems at this point almost a refusal because even on a guy like Harrison Barnes where you know that all he's going to do is shoot three you have to step out on Harrison Barnes when he's four from four five from five six from six when he's shooting 100% from three you got to do something other than stand in front of the rim and that's just something they weren't able to do last night I mean you can't let the Kings shoot uh 48% from three, almost 50% from three, 19 for 39. I understand sometimes players and teams just get hot. I get that. I really do. But we've seen this too much from the Grizzlies where they let teams shoot really, really well from the perimeter. And so it's not in terms of a team gets hot. And yes, that, that last night was a combination of the Grizzlies' bad perimeter defense. And we've seen bad perimeter defense before where other teams shoot really, really well from three. So 
it's not a you know it's not a thing where every single team just happens to have a good really good shooting night against the Grizzlies. Just just like luck of the draw, they just get really hot against the Grizzlies from three point, and that's not that's just not how it works. And so there is a common theme for the Grizzlies. The common theme is that they are going to have to improve their perimeter defense. And when they went to the lineup of you know of Clark, uh, Jaron, uh, they do a little bit more efficiently of switching. Uh, defenses, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the second segment. But that is a lineup that allowed them to get back into the the, the game, and so you give up a little, yes, but I think you gain a lot in terms of that lineup. Uh, again, Jonas Valanciunas just wasn't good. Dylan Brooks still struggling mightily from the three point line, zero for six last night. Just has not played well since really he right before he signed that contract has has really had a bad bad slump and. I think that's just, it's going to happen. I think it was a combination if he was shooting really, I think Chris Harrington tweeted this last night, it was a combination of him um, being really, really good in terms of shooting the ball early on. And so a lot of those kind of like really dumb shots were going in. Like they were like, okay, well that works. And then now they're not going in. So those shots look, they just look exacerbated. Like they, they look way worse than they would have been before because he hits them before. So Dylan Brooks, the conf- the ultimate confidence guy, thinks, well, if I've hit him before, I can just take him again. So in terms of what Dylan's doing, you know, he, he's got to take more shots within the flow of the offense. And I think he'll get back there. I think this is just a slump. I wouldn't put too much stock into him not be, not, not shooting well. I think he'll get back there. Jaron played really well last night. He shot the ball well last night again, four from nine from three. I thought that was really good for him to get really kind of – because he had been shooting – not shooting that well either kind of right before the All-Star break. So – I thought it was a good shooting night for him, but the, the players of the night were the bench. Brandon Clark was fantastic. De'Anthony Melton was absolutely fantastic. Automatic from the free throw line. De'Anthony Melton is the only reason the Grizzlies even had a shot in that game last night. 10 for 10 from the line, 24 points, uh, six rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block. I mean, he was literally everywhere. And so him and the combination of him and Tyus Jones last night are the only reasons the Grizzlies had any chance in that game. Tyus Jones only 18 minutes, 16 points, 6 assists, no turnovers. Hasn't had a turnover in the entire month of February, by the way. 3 rebounds. I mean, just fantastic between those two guys alone. And those are the only reason the Grizzlies had any shot in making this a game at all. And so that and the Keys tried to give it away. But DeAnthony Melton and Tyus Jones played fantastic. I, I did not think that Jane played very well. But uh, again, second game that he's really played, 13 minutes, he had really didn't do much at all. I thought that was um, not great, but again, you'll you'll kind of move forward and see what happens with him. Again, DeAnthony Melton, Josh Jackson had an absolutely excellent game. It's not like he scored a bunch. He only scored 11 points, but he was everywhere. Defensively, he was fantastic. Five rebounds, four assists. Uh, he only has one block on the box score, but I know he had more than one block. They didn't credit him for all the blocks that he had, but... I thought it was easily one of his better games as a Grizzly for for sure. I mean, he was literally everywhere that you wanted to do. Athletically, he is so much better in terms of switching defenses. I mean, I think he can he in that lineup playing a three slash a four is is just exactly what we've talked about on this podcast, what people have written about all over the city in terms of what Josh Jackson can do in a lineup for the Grizzlies. And and then you had Mark Goodrich getting seven minutes. I don't know what that was about. I that wasn't that was weird. I have no idea where that came from. He hasn't played in a long time. Threw him out there, and he had one layup and then had like a really bad defensive play, which is kind of like the epitome of Marco Goodrich. He just did not play well at all. 
Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We'll talk more about the Grizzlies going to more athletic lineup. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Welcome back to the show. Talking Grizzlies Kings from last night. The Grizzlies lose 129-125. to 125. And this is a game that they really needed to win. Like, they really needed that win because that was the game I only thought they were going to win on this road trip. And a four-game road trip where it is very difficult to find wins. It's a very difficult to find wins the rest of this season. But in this particular road trip, they needed this game against the Kings so badly. And I know you want to, you know, really want to put expectations on teams and, you know, this team or whatever. But if you're going to make the playoffs and if you're a playoff caliber team, then you have to beat the teams that are underneath you. You have to beat the teams that are worse than you. And that's, that's exactly what the Sacramento Kings are. But again, we talked about in the first segment, getting down big, letting them shoot that well, just you can't do that. You can't do that. And I think that starts to eliminate if you put Brandon Clark in the starting lineup. Yes, I think it's time to move Jonas Valanciunas to the bench. I think it's time to bring Brandon Clark to the starting unit. Have we seen time and time again, the Grizzlies' best lineup is Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr., and, and a smaller, more athletic lineup where they can do a lot of different things. I think Brandon Clark being in the lineup and the starting lineup lets them get out to a much better start. We've seen over the past few games, the problem is they have had not a great start at all. And the same, the same thing last night, not a great start. Then you have to come back and try to make that up with Brennan Clark. But the idea of having Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson Jr. together in the starting lineup gives you the opportunity to make headway in the first quarter instead of trying to come back at the end of the first going into the second quarter when you're when those, those guys actually start to come in. And even, you know, again, they're not playing Jonas Valanciunas all that much in the first quarter anyway. I mean, Brandon Clark coming in pretty early. You might as well go ahead and make the switch. Brandon Clark in, Jonas Valanciunas out. That way, Jonas Valanciunas also has the opportunity to play against some role players and probably dominate those guys in terms of what he's able to do off the bench. So I think it's time for the Grizzlies to really take a long look at what their starting lineup and what they can do to more effectively kind of get out to a better start in each one of these games. Look at some of the games they have coming up. They have the Lakers tonight, which they play a little bit more big. You know, they play Anthony Davis as a power four. They have Dwight Howard mostly as a center. So that's a little bit different. But a lot of the the the, uh, the games they have coming up, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Kings again, uh, the Hawks, a lot of these teams are playing more small lineups. They're playing more athletic, athletic lineups. We talked about it a little bit in the first uh, segment of the show. This lineup lets them, if they want to, they can go switchable on every single uh, on every single screen. Now that gets you into some trouble in terms of what if you have a really good guard like De'Aaron Fox, he's really able to exploit those matchups sometimes. So you have to be careful when you're switching, but you can do it if you need to. If you have a guy like Harrison Barnes last night who is just getting super hot and playing extremely well and shooting the ball extremely well from three, you can immediately go to a switching defense and eliminate that. You saw it last night. As soon as I had a switching defense that was uh, able to just switch every screen and not allow him to get even a little bit open, it was a much, much better defense. Now they were, you know, again, they t- got taken advantage of sometimes. Brennan Clark got beat off the dribble by De'Aaron Fox. And again, 
that's going to happen. In every defensive situation, you're going to give up something sometimes to do something else. And so, you know, when you're switching defense, yes, that you're going to give those things up in terms of uh, switching Brandon Clark on someone like uh, De'Aaron Fox. But I think in terms of what you're able to do most of the time, you're not going to play De'Aaron Fox every single night. And Brandon Clark, for the most part, is good enough to stay in front of most of those guys in terms of just getting back defensively on the regular. So at least playing well enough to get back to a guard coming and taking back over, things like that. So, And same thing with Jaron Jackson Jr. He's good enough to stay in front of other players. We've seen it against not only himself, we've seen it against, uh, you know, against, excuse me, against other players, not, against, not just last night, but he's shown time and time again before the All-Star break that he is good enough to stay in front of players on the regular. And so I think Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, in this starting lineup as a more athletic bigs is the way to go. I think you have to make that change sooner rather than later because it is a like just, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule and it's hard to look and find wins over the next, you know, second half of the schedule. Again, the Lakers tonight, which you're probably not going to win. The Clippers, you're probably not going to win to, uh, on Monday. Wednesday at the Rockets, that's, again, probably not going to win. Then the next prob- probable win- winnable game is is a week from now, next Friday, when the Sacramento Kings come to the to FedEx Forum. So you still have a long way to go, and you need to deploy every strategy you can to be able to get any type of win to try to steal one on the road. I think that's their only bet now is to try to steal one of these games to go 1-3. and 0-4 was the worst thing you could do. And now um, you have to look and try to steal one just to go 1-3 and on this road trip. And I think it starts with Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr. in the lineup, possibly possibly even DeAnthony Melton, although I think you would, would keep DeAnthony Melton in a reserve role on the second unit because he's playing fantastic with and alongside Tyus Jones. They are playing really, really well together. They understand each other. They have clicked very, very well. So, But again, starting with Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr. together in the starting lineup is in a really, really effective way for the Grizzlies to go. They have to play this more small ball for the Grizzlies. Even if you put Josh Jackson at the three, Dylan at the two, I mean, those are some pretty big guys to be able to, uh, pretty big and athletic guys to be able to stay with a lot of people. So that's a lineup I'll be interested to see as well. Ja, Dylan, Josh, Brandon, and Jaron Jackson Jr. But again, starts with Brandon and Jaron starting together. I think the Grizzlies have to make that move sooner rather than later. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. We'll finish up with the Grizzlies versus the Lakers tonight. Again, the Lakers, uh, they play mostly a big lineup. They play uh, Anthony Davis is technically probably, a, I guess, would be a center by most comparisons, but I don't think he wants to be a center. I think it's made that very clear over his career. But he plays mostly at the four with JaVale and McGee starting, and then they bring Dwight Howard off the bench. However, Dwight Howard plays most of the minutes. JaVale McGee only plays like 10 minutes a game, and then Dwight Howard plays most of the rest of the minutes at center. So, the most likely lineups you'll see is Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis and LeBron James together on the court, which is a that's a big lineup, guys. I mean, that's tough. And so I, we just talked about having a smaller lineup and, and more athletic in, in terms of what the Grizzlies should do. And yes, I still think they should go with a smaller lineup, Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson Jr. against Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis because we've seen the other way around. Quite frankly, we've seen them go with Jonas Valanciunas and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. against those particular guys in that particular lineup with the Lakers earlier in the season, and it's been both the results in two losses. So, you know, it's not like what you were doing before worked. So you have to be able to adjust in terms of what you're you're doing with the Grizzlies lineups to just find find an inch anywhere, to find something somewhere that makes you 
better than the other guy. Now, the Grizzlies, or excuse me, the Lakers don't shoot the three ball very well. You know, they're not like a, they're not a huge uh, three point shooting team. However, they get to the they get to the rim a lot. They are another team, much like the Grizzlies, who rely on a lot of paint points. They get to the rim and shoot inside the paint a hell of a lot more than most teams. They are actually second in the league, right behind the Grizzlies in terms of points in the paint. So it's something that they're going to have to do in terms of interior defense. If the Grizzlies do use Onyx Valanciunas against, which I would most likely, I don't think they're going to change the lineup because I said so. And Taylor Jenkins has given no indication ever that he's going to change the lineup with Jonas Valanciunas coming out. So the most likely scenario is that Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson Jr. are playing together in the alongside each other in, in the interior. So you have to do a good job of protecting the paint. And I think it's, it, will be, it will be a better job with Jonas having Dwight, having a bigger center, more traditional center. But it's not like it's worked before, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, the Grizzlies um, have to be able to rebound the ball well. Every guard, every wing has to go rebound the ball. One of the best rebounding teams in the league with the Lakers. They're, you know, seventh or excuse me, sixth in the league in total rebounds. They do a really, really good job of offensive rebounding the ball, 10th in the league in offensive rebounds. So the Grizzlies along, you know, excuse me, the Jaron Jackson Jr., the bigs alongside with the wings, everybody has to rebound the ball extremely well. The other part of that, on the other side, is the Grizzlies have to still be able to do a good job of scoring in the paint, and now would be a great time for Dylan Brooks to be able to shoot the ball well again because they don't guard the perimeter all that well. The Lakers don't. So it is one weakness in terms of their, their defense that you can exploit is perimeter shooting. The Grizzlies do, you know, if, if they're able to hit shots, if Jaron Jackson Jr. is able to draw Anthony Davis out and hit shots, that could be a huge advantage for the Grizzlies. Being able to shoot the three ball really, really well could be a huge advantage for the Grizzlies. And so I would look for Jaron to shoot early and often and maybe take advantage of Anthony Davis not coming all the way out to the perimeter to guard him, although there's enough sample size that Anthony Davis should, although I don't know if he will. The other thing is John Rant getting to the rim. The Grizz, or the Lakers are the, are the best team in the league at blocking shots inside the paint. And so not only are they one of the better teams in scoring the paint, they're also one of the better teams in terms of protecting the paint. And so John Morant will probably take a couple blocks tonight early on and only to realize that he has to do something different. And John Morant has to be smart enough to understand that they're always going to be looking to block shots. They're Anthony Davis, between Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, they're always going to be looking to block shots. So what can you do differently? You know, using the head fake, using the ball fake, all those things to get them off a little bit, just enough, just enough off kilter so they can't recover to block shots or find people in the corners with three open threes. Like those are the things that John Brown has to do. And you're going to need a good, an excellent game from John Brown to be able to win this game from against the Lakers. That's for sure. But he has to be able to understand that those big guys are always going for the blocks. And what can he do differently to make them think, make them second guess, or get them off just totally off defense. So that, that's something the Grizzlies are going to have to do as well. Between Jaron and Ja, the three-point shooting, and inside the paint scoring, those are going to be the best options they can do in terms of winning this game. The other thing I would say lastly, the other thing is the bench. The bench has to be good again, and the bench has been great all year long. The the, the Lakers don't have like a, just a fantastic bench. I mean, they have... You've seen Kyle Kuzma play a lot off the bench. I, I just don't, uh, you know, Ivory Bradley as a starter, but Kyle Kuzma, some of their, their bench guys, just I'm mean, technically Dwight Howard as a bench guy too, but you, you've seen a lot of guys that come off the bench. They're just okay. You know, they're not, they're only playing four deep on the bench. Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard, and Kyle Kuzma usually coming off the bench. Those are like the main bench guys. And so they're just, they're okay. They're not great. 
But the Grizzlies are coming off a back-to-back on a, sac- a game that was a really, really long game. The, the bench players played a lot as it is. So um, we'll, we'll, I'll be interested to see what happens with the bench. I think the bench, the Grizzlies bench against the Lakers bench probably have an edge there. And so their best use of the bench is, is Brandon Clark, Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton creating offense from your defense. They saw a lot of that last night. Josh Jackson playing really good defense, them getting out in the open transition, running up and down the court. That is their that is the Grizzlies bench best offense is creating offense through their defense. So I think you'll have hopefully you'll hopefully see a lot of that from the Grizzlies bench because I think they'll need it. That's one of their better uh, the benches in the league for the Grizzlies. So that's something they're definitely gonna have to rely on if they want to win this game against the Lakers tonight. The Grizzlies have a really really tough uh, just a tough matchup against the Lakers. They play this Lakers team uh, not. Far. like I think they play them five games from now too. So again, they have a lot of teams that they play very, very close together, back-to-backs or very, very close together, same teams in the next few weeks. So the Grizzlies are going to have to go out and steal one because the Lakers are playing really, really good basketball right now. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you go and subscribe to whatever and whatever podcast platform you're using, Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple iTunes. If you're on Apple iTunes or haven't asked for this a while in a while, but if you're in Apple iTunes, make sure you go and leave a review, rate the show. It really helps us out in the iTunes iTunes ranking. Make sure you go subscribe as well. Whatever podcast platform you're using so you don't miss any episode every single day, any conversations that we have, we have our excellent guests on weekly as well. We'll t- stay tuned. We'll be back on Monday with a Monday mailbag. You guys make sure you get your questions in over the weekend. If you have not familiar with the show, we have a Monday mailbag every single week. You can ask the questions. I'll answer them. You can DM those questions to me on Twitter. You can reply to the usual tweet I put out on Sundays uh, asking for questions. Any of those things work. You can email me, lockedongrizz at gmail.com as well. Any of those, th- those things work. Just make sure you get your questions in before Monday so we can get those answered. And we'll see you guys next week.